Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Tim and Hillary for another version of Dr. Tim's Aquatics Podcast. How are you doing this morning, Hillary? Doing good. I'm sitting here drinking my coffee out of my Dr. Tim's mug. Pretty excited. It's a good day. It's almost yep. the weekend. Almost the weekend. Yes. Yeah. Finally, it'll cooling down out here, but I guess not in Vegas, right? No, actually it is. It's I, I've had like the windows open in the mornings and the evenings. It's been in the like low seventies. So it's nice and cool for Vegas. <laughs> for Vegas. Yes. For Vegas. All right. So today we're going to talk about how to cycle your tank faster and more successful. I mean, without the hassles, I think fast is not always the best, but you can do it smartly and using some tips and some science and uh, get through the cycle quickly and with minimum anguish. Yes. And I, yeah, I'm excited for this one. I know you gave a talk, gave this presentation um, for the Minnesota, I think it was the Minnesota Aquarium Society a couple months back. And uh, I'm excited to actually talk about it on the podcast because I feel like some of the questions that we get asked the most are all about cycling and how to cycle and how long does it take? So this is perfect. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I originally gave this at Magna when it was in uh, Orlando. And the talk is a combination of science and practical experience. For those who don't know, I've been growing nitrifying bacteria. We, we grow our own here um, since my days at Marineland. So started out a long time ago, long, long time ago in a faraway gallery, uh, galaxy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, different, different life. Um, so, you know, a lot of people that uh, you might listen to in podcasts grow plants or frag corals or things like that. And, uh, years and years ago, when I first started in aquaculture, I grew fish, but now I grow bacteria, specifically nitrifying bacteria and, uh, so there's a bunch of practical experience combined with some science um, of, of why we do what we do that we can talk about. Yeah. All right. This will be good. Yep. So first off, we have to do, grow the right bacteria, you know, and it's a bacteria are, I don't know if it's such a complicated subject that people just go to the extreme and go, okay, all bacteria are the same. We don't have to worry about it. Bacteria are bacteria. Let's move on. And that's um, the wrong philosophy. You're not going to put a saltwater fish in a freshwater tank and vice versa. And why would we expect bacteria to be able to live in all these different environments? And why would we expect and every bacteria to live in every environment. That's just uh, really doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I, I think it stems from the fact that we want to think as of bacteria as these, you know, primitive, simple organisms. And, and that's not really the case. Um, when you think about the bacteria, the nitrifiers, they can go long periods of time without ever, quote, eating, you know, consuming any nutrients. Well, humans can't do that. Yeah. Nitrifiers can almost dry out. Well, humans definitely can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we, de we need water a lot more than we need food. Uh, and then in bacteria in general, not nitrifiers so much, 
but bacteria, you know, heterotrophic ones, they can use all sorts of different substances and grow aerobically, that's with oxygen, or anaerobically with low oxygen, or some anoxically with no oxygen. Humans can't do that either. So I'm kind of thinking maybe we're the more primitive uh, species <laughs> around here when you look at it. Oh, it sounded like that. Yeah, I make that case. So if you've looked at the web and a little bit, you've probably read, uh, you know, the ammonia oxidizers, nitrous ammonia europea, and that converts ammonia to nitrite. And then uh, the nitrite is converted to uh, nitrate by nitrobacter winogratsky. And that is true, but that is not true in aquariums. That is true in high ammonia uh, areas like sewage treatment, wastewater treatment, things like that, maybe even some soils where they're fertilizing. Um, and that, that was what was written in all the books and is still written today, even though uh, I showed as long ago as 1996 with my PhD that it wasn't the case. And it, there's lots of science and you can look at that, but the real nitrifying organisms in aquariums are members of Nitrosomonas marina, and uh, that's the ammonia oxidizing group. And the nitrite oxidizing group is nitrospirum. So to start off, you got to get the right bacteria. And why, why do I bring that up? It's, you know, okay, so what? We're not microbiologists. We want to just cycle a fish tank. Well, there's a lot of bacterial mixes out there that say they're going to accelerate the establishment of the biofilter and help you get through cycling and blah, blah, blah. The problem is most of them are just water or heterotrophs. So they're not going to do anything. And then several are the wrong species. So you got to start out with the, a bottle mix with the right bacteria if you're going to go down that uh, road. Um, so let's assume you've got the right bacteria. You're going to do a fishless cycling. So now a fishless cycling, as the name implies, but some people don't get, is without fish. And so there's two general ways to cycle your tank. One is that you put in some hardy fish and the bacteria and you move slow. And that way works perfectly fine. I'm going to go like take a pause for a second. So when you say hardy fish, thinking like, I guess like in freshwater, like zebra fish, guppies, stuff like that. Yeah. Or uh, rosy barbs, tiger barbs, platies, uh, mollies, swordtails. Many species of uh, African cichlids are pretty hardy. Um, fish, fish that don't do good in even newly cycled aquariums, like clown, uh, uh, clown loaches, which is one of my favorite fish. I mean, they're almost like dolphins in the freshwater world. They're crazy. Um, but they don't do well in brand new water. It's got nothing to do with whether ammonia is present or not. They need a more seasoned tank. Uh, rummy nose tetra, cardinal tetras, they don't do very well in brand new tanks. And so they're, they're not a hardy fish either. On the saltwater side, you know, everybody says get a chromis or a, a, which is okay. 
clown clownfish can be if they're tank raised hardy, but you got to be careful. People just get two, and if they're not a pair, they're going to fight. So, talk to your uh, livestock provider and uh, make sure you've got fish that are, that are feeding. That hopefully they've gone through some quarantine period and yeah. uh, are healthy. Um. So, you know, and, and what you need to think about with the nitrifiers is that they're a living organism. You, know, you think about, okay, I'm going to get this tank and I'm going to have corals or I'm going to have a nice freshwater planted tank with a few fish. And you're thinking about plants and corals and fish and people don't think about the bacteria, but the bacteria are a living organism and they have specific needs and they have niches, you know, that, that conditions where they can grow fast or they can grow slow or they can grow not at all. And the first one is like one of the most simple, but some it's so simple that maybe we don't think about it, but you need to dechlorinate your water. Chlor, um, you know, <laughs> that's the first thing, but, but, we get this more often than not, you know, your bacteria didn't work. It, you know, it's, it's junk. It's, it's, you know, I love it. Snake oil, you know, I just can't stand <laughs> that. Um, but you ask the first question, well, what water did you use? And this generally fresh water. Hey, well, I just used tap water. They said the store was said it was fine. Did you dechlorinate it? And there's a pause, you know, the pregnant <laughs> pause. <laughs> that nobody told me to dechlorinate it well the chlorine's in the water to protect us this is drink you know human drinking water and the idea is to keep the bacteria population down and to keep the water drinkable it's not to grow fish and while nitrifiers can tolerate um, uh, chlorine and chloramine better than other bacteria because the nitrifiers are in a biofilm they really don't like chlorine and so the first thing is the simplest thing. You need to dechlorinate the water. Uh, and so that's step one, chlorine-free, chloramine-free water. You can use a product like our first defense to do that. Um, or if you're doing, you know, it's a big giant tank, congratulations. And uh, you could use our aqua cleanse to get rid of the chlor chloramine in the water. So that's the first thing is you got to get the water acceptable for the bacteria by getting rid of the chloramines and chloramine. Um, next is then, uh, getting the temperature, right. We grow our nitrifiers at between 80 and 85 degrees Fahrenheit. They like warm water. They grow faster at warm water. So, you know, people say, well, I didn't plug my heater in. I didn't really think it was, you know, that important. And it, it you know, the bacteria will grow, but they'll just, believe me, grow much faster at a higher temperature. So get your temperature up. Okay. Uh, now, one thing we say with our, with our one and only is that you need to remove your filter sock. And this causes all sorts of confusion. A filter sock is a specific device. It is it measured in microns. It kind of looks like a sock. It's not the blue fuzzy pad. It is not the sponge that came with your hang-on filter. It is not the media in the filter. 
and I'm leading up to, you need running water, you need moving water. And a lot of people, yeah, I've done what you told me. I've unplugged the filter or I took the media out and unplugged the filter and the water's just sitting there. We never said that. We said, remove your filter sock. So if you don't know what a filter sock is, Google filter, aquarium filter sock. And that's the thing. And probably unless you have a sump, you don't have one, but you well, need. I don't know. Yeah. I guess I've got like a little 20 gallon tank and it's, I guess it's an all-in-one tank, but it has a little teeny tiny filter sock in it. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, what you're Smallest talking about. filter sock, yeah. hardest thing to clean ever. That's it. Yeah. Might want to just toss that out of there, but. I've thought multiple a, times. Uh, okay. Um, but so you need, uh, why, why do you have that filter sock? You're setting up the tank, fresh water, salt water. There's lots of detritus. That's fine. You can run, you know, don't be in a hurry, but get the tank set up and get everything running. Make sure there's no leaks and everything and run, run the tank with the filter sock for a couple of days to really clear it up. Then take the filter sock out before you add the nitrifying bacteria. Okay. Now, when you've got the water in there, get the temperature up, warmer, the better, you know, 80 degrees. You can always, always lower it before you add fish. And then next is so, uh, for, well, let's deal with pH. If you do salt water, once you mix your salt, your pH is going to be eight plus or minus 0.2, you know, 7.8 to 8.2, that's fine. But if you're in a freshwater system, then in, we need the pH up. You, higher the pH, the better because the ammonia is going to be in the ammonia form, not the ammonium form. So the, the ammonia is the back form the bacteria use. So you need the pH up. And I bring that up because a lot of times new people, when they're starting a tank novice, they get too intimidated by the chemistry. Oh, I want to keep this fish. And they're telling me I have to keep this soft water with low pH and all these terms. And Remember, we're, we're trying to establish the bacteria first because without the bacteria, the tank is just not going to be able to process ammonia nitrite and things are going to be a, a mess. So let's think about the bacteria first, get them established, and then think about the fish. So even if you're going to go into the brave new world of adjusting your freshwater chemistry, start out with warm, hard, you know, hard water with a lot of calcium and magnesium in it with a pH, hopefully above 7.5. And in many parts of the country, that's kind of what tap water is. But if you live in the Pacific Northwest, your water's really soft. Upstate New York, some of the best drinking water in that area is very soft, meaning, meaning no hardness, no with no low calcium, low magnesium, no buffering, so no alkalinity and low pH. Those types of tanks are going to take longer to cycle. Or if you're doing a plant tank and you've got that special soil in there that keeps the pH down, if you're running a, a tank with pH below seven, it's going to take longer to cycle that tank. There's just no way around that. So maybe cycle the tank with different water first, different water conditions, and then get the water conditions to where you want for the fish. Think about the bacteria first. Whole new way of cycling. Didn't think about before. 
yeah, it's it, way. Yeah. unthought of way. Yeah, well, it's kind of you know. Well, as I say, most people don't want to don't just just don't think about the bacteria because the fish tank isn't for bacteria, even though they rule the ecosystem. It's it's for the fish, and I understand that. But these are the things that we've run into just from experience of uh, you know people get a special soil or. Uh, they do this or they do that, and then they're frustrated with the cycling, but the system isn't set up for the bacteria, so they're not going to grow fast or as fast as they can, and then it just kind of becomes a, a mess. And especially if you're doing fishless cycling, now, because we didn't talk about that. So they're cycling with fish, you get a couple of hardy fish, you add, set up everything, you add the bacteria, you add a couple of fish, you have, you really need to have test kits during this process to measure yes. your ammonia nitrite, because you don't add more fish. Uh, if there's ammonia nitrite in there, uh, feed lightly. And then as it cycles, you can increase the fish population. That's perfectly fine way to do it. If you're doing a beta tank, you just want a nice little aquarium with a single beta, which these days that is some of the most gorgeous freshwater fish out there. It's incredible what people are doing with the bettas. Um, that's a fine way to do. You don't have to do a fishless cycling. Fishless cycling is where you're going to add ammonia drops instead of the fish adding the ammonia. And you're going to get the tank all cycled using ammonia instead of fish. And that we, we run into this where people, I had my fish in there and I added the ammonia drops. Why did you do that? We have a big caution sign, you know, that big yellow thing. This is fishless cycling, no fish. You never add ammonia to a tank that has fish in it, not even a drop. Don't do that. Um, but what happens with fishless cycling? You're in charge of adding the ammonia and Human nature is such that we think these bacteria are human and they're not. And that leads to, well, I have to feed the bacteria every day or they're going to starve. No, you do not have to feed the bacteria every day. They're not going to starve. You do not have to feed them three times a day. They are not going to starve. Okay. So why am I bringing this up and stressing this is because you have two types of bacteria, the ammonia oxidizes the bacteria that convert the ammonia to nitrite grow faster than the bacteria that grow that convert nitrite to nitrate so when you start up your tank add the bacteria add some ammonia drops chances are the ammonia is going to disappear and then and, and, and you'll have some nitrite well people think well i've got to keep on adding ammonia because the bacteria are going to starve. So they keep on adding ammonia, but the nitrite bacteria aren't converting nitrite as fast. So the nitrite concentration builds up and nitrite is toxic to bacteria. There's a negative feedback there. And when your nitrite gets five, 10 milligrams or higher, and it can do that because people are adding lots of ammonia, uh, the whole system stalls. Now, there's some people that say that's not true, but I guarantee you, I've been growing nitrifying bacteria for years. This is what I do 24-7. If the nitrite gets too high, 
the whole system is going to stall. So that's why you need an ammonia test kit and a nitrite test kit and a pH test kit. Okay, you, you, you got to know where the system's heading. So you're adding ammonia. The ammonia is not there. There's nitrite. If the nitrite is above one, do not add more ammonia until it drops. And if that takes two or three days, it takes two or three days. Just resist this urge. The other thing I just thought of. I feel like that's the hardest part is like resist. Like you feel like you need to do something and you want right. to do something. Right. And, and yeah, it's, it's, you know, unfortunate unattended consequences of trying to do the right thing and you're doing the exact wrong thing. Um, but that, uh, as I think about it, cause we get this um, a fair amount is we say on our directions, generally you set up the tank, get everything running, add the bacteria, nit our nitrifying bacteria, the one and only nitrifying bacteria and then start adding the drops. And then you measure 24 hours later. Well, in many cases, adding the ammonia, adding the bacteria, what's the purpose of the bacteria? The bacteria is to take care of the ammonia and the nitrite. And people will go, well, I didn't get an ammonia reading. Either they'll say then the bacteria were bad. Well, you know, you added ammonia drops. If you didn't get ammonia and you added nitrifiers, maybe the bacteria were good and doing their job you're not always going to get an ammonia or a nitrite reading. Uh, but what they, what they do then is, well, I didn't have ammonia, so I'm going to keep on adding drops. We say four drops per gallon. People just start dumping it in because they want to get an ammonia reading. Don't do that. We stress this. Four drops max per gallon. Don't add any more. Okay? You're just going to cause lots of problems and the nitrite will go sky high. And now you're going to have to change water. The whole system's going to be stressed. You're going to be stressed and you're just going to get frustrated with the whole, the whole thing. And uh, it, it doesn't have to be frustrating. Just follow the directions. Yep. Did you hear that folks? Follow <laughs> the directions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what kind of mood I'm in today, Hillary, but I'm just so tired. I mean, everybody, you know, we write it, we have videos, we have these talks, and yet we get, did that really what you wanted me to do? Well, yeah, that's why we spend so much time at writing it all down and telling you. And then, well, I didn't follow the directions. And now you need help because you didn't follow the directions. And this is somehow uh, our problem. I mean, we're going to help you, but how about following the directions? So. You know, the, it's, it's all, I think about patience. Like I said, like people, like they want to do something to help their tank and to make it do, go faster. Like I feel like the whole process of cycling a tank is one of the hardest parts of keeping aquariums, freshwater, saltwater, doesn't matter. Like you well, the, want it and then you want to see it now. Yeah. And the hardest part is, like you said, not doing anything and realizing you know, a normal cycle takes anywhere from. 35 to 45 days. Uh, and, and using our product, you can get that down to just a few days, maybe even maybe, you know, in a salt water tank where you're adding a, the ammonia drops, you know, 10 days. And we have plenty of people that say, oh yeah, I was able to cycle my tank. It was easy. What did they do? They followed the directions. They had some patience, but then we get the people that everything's wrong. 
and they're killing the, t- not killing the tank, but they're just making their life miserable with these unintended consequences of trying to be helpful. Just do what the directions say. So. I had somebody message the other day saying that their tank cycled in like nine days and they were so, so excited. It was the fastest cycle that they had gone through in all of the tanks that they had started. I was like, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nine days is pretty much, you know, we had, we want the ammonia added three times with the bacteria. Um, and you should be able to do it in nine days. And this talk is like, well, what happened? Why didn't I get nine days? Because the, you know, some basics, I said, dechlorinate the water. Well, I also need to mention you need substrate. Nitrifying bacteria need surfaces. So if you're doing a quarantine tank, you know, you're going to get that saltwater tank. It's being built. Uh, you know, you're getting a really nice, nice tank and you're landscaping it. And I want to start my biofilter and things in another tank or quarantine my fish. That's fine. But if you're quarantining your fish, you probably have a bare bottom tank. And yep. maybe you've you know, thrown some pieces of PVC in there. Well, there's no surface area for the bacteria. Nitrifiers need to grow on a surface to do their job. So you need to provide some substrate. So even if you want that bare bottom look or you're quarantining the tank, fine. Let's start out thinking about the bacteria. So put a layer of glass beads, a layer of marbles, you know, the quarantine tank, don't use any calcium substance because if you're going to treat prophylactically with carbon, that's going to mess that treatment up. Just put a single layer of marbles, glass beads, something like that on the bottom. So the bacteria can be trapped in there. In your display tank, you want bare bottom, fine. But again, put a single layer that you can siphon out later after the tank is cycled and you've got it aged a little bit. You can slowly over time remove that surface or you know, the substrate that's on the bottom to get that bare bottom looked. But in the beginning, if you're doing bare bottom, you're gonna, it's going to take a lot longer to cycle and you're going to be incredibly frustrated. And the fix is a temporary layer to get the bacteria established. Then they'll go other places and, and you can, like I say, slowly remove that, but you got to have some surface area. Yep. So then we talk about uh, salt water. Okay. The higher the salinity, the slower the nitrifiers work. So you're doing a fishless cycling lower the salinity, save yourself some salt anyway, some money. So down to about 20, 24 parts per thousand instead of the normal, you know, 32 to 34 parts per thousand. So lower the salinity by not adding as much salt. And the bacteria don't have to put so much energy into maintaining their cell structure and they will then be able to reproduce faster and you can get the system established, the biofilter established faster. And then before you add fish, you can increase the salinity. You can't go from zero to, you know, 34. So you don't want to do, you know, small or low, super low salinity around 20, 24. And then you can increase it to 34 when you're uh, ready for your fish, but lower the salinity will uh, make things go much faster. Yes. And uh, now if you've got a freshwater tank, 
again, and you want to keep a, keep it soft, if you're doing a fishless cycling, use harder water. And once the bacteria get established, change the water over time. You The bacteria grow on surfaces, so you can take out as much of the bulk water as you want and and lighten it up in terms of making it softer and lower pH to what you want to do. Now, a lot of people, we talked about substrate, want to use live sand, which, which is okay, but realize that live sand is basically bacteria with a lot of heterotrophs in it, and it's been sitting in a bag for a long time, and it's all the organics and stuff have decayed. And I've literally had people go, oh, yeah, you, you open that bag of live sand. It stunk. I mean, it smelled like rotten eggs, but I put it in the aquarium because that's what they told me to do. Don't do that. If, you're, if your live sand smells like, like hydrogen sulfide rotten eggs, then rinse it because that hydrogen sulfide is, is toxic to nitrifying bacteria. So your live sand is probably all, quote, dead sand now. Um, so rinse it. In any case, if you're using live sand, that's okay. Get the tank set up and let it run for 24 hours and then measure ammonia. And chances are you'll have some ammonia because the heterotrophic bacteria in the live sand are decaying the organics in the live sand and that produces ammonia. So if you already have ammonia in the system, don't add more ammonia drops. Ammonia is ammonia. So uh, don't add the drops. You've already got it in there and just go and, and add the one and only to get the process started. Exactly. Okay. Um, and also realize I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of deep substrate. The nitrifi nitrification takes place in a very narrow band, only about 100 microns thick. That's where the nitrifiers are because they need oxygen and they need the substrate. And, and how do we know this? Again, um, in the presentation, I have a chart where the this researchers used microelectrodes and they could measure ammonia, nitrite, nitrate, oxygen at 10 micron levels through the biofilm. It's really cool stuff. And you can- a photo of that? We can put that on social media. Yeah. Yeah, I can send you a photo and there's just this band where nitrification takes place in a thin film. And, and think about that. Now we're talking about setting up a tank, but if, if the nitrifiers are on this thin film, you don't want that thin film to get buried. That's why I'm always talking about removing organics or keeping nitrifiers clean, you know, the, the biofilter clean. The first thing that I helped develop when I joined you know, the aquarium industry from the aquaculture industry was the bio wheel. And a lot of people thought it was a gimmick, but when I saw the prototypes, I mean, we use this in our fish hatchery because a bio wheel was a, is a version of a rotating biological contactor. So it's a, a biofilter was a series of discs or pleated material that rotates through the water. Well, that action exposes the bacteria to the water and to the air. air. Air has a lot more oxygen than water, but the rotating action keeps the biofilter clean because none of the organics can accumulate there. They slough off, you know, the wheels turning and keeping itself clean. And that keeps the biofilm thin and 
that's why it works so well. It's basically a self-cleaning biological filter. You know, the old types of biological filters were under gravels. And under gravels are okay, but what happens with your gravel? It gets clogged up. It gets covered with organics, material like that. Well, now the water's got to go through the organics. There's, nit- there's heterotrophic bacteria on those organics breaking that down. That's what they do. And they're consuming the oxygen. So by the time the water gets to the gravel or the substrate, there's no oxygen in it. And the bacteria are basically being, being starved for oxygen. So thin biofilm. Um, and yeah, I can give you that uh, graph and you can talk about that, Hillary. Good idea. Yeah. So, you know, they need surfaces. You can use almost anything. Um, you know, trickle filters, like, you know, there was this whole kind of bashing of biological filters because they produce nitrate. And I never really understood that because anything can be a biological filter. Your live rock can be a biological filter. By definition, a biological filter, a nitrifying filter is going to produce nitrate because the ammonia goes to nitrite, the nitrite goes to nitrate. Um, so just uh, a better biological filter is one that you can keep clean. That's what you need. Um, then, okay, well, what about all these big, you know, I'm going to set this system up and I'm going to use a sump and I'm going to have this great engineered biomedia that has tons of internal surface area. Think about this for a minute. You have your sump and you put one of these blocks in there. Why is the water going to go through that block? Water is going to take the path of least resistance. So just setting that block in there, the water is going to go around it. In most systems are what I call passive in terms of, you're not forcing the water through the biomedia. You're placing it there and kind of hoping, you know, a field of dreams things. Well, here's the media. I hope the water goes through it. And, and, and that's why with the hang on tank filters and some of the canister filters, you're making the water go through it. But if you're just placing a, a block, a biomedia in a sump, the chances the water going through that are low in the beginning and get even less because this, the outside of that filter block starts growing a biofilm, heterotrophic bacteria, it traps organics and things like that. So what's the solution? If I'm going to point out a problem, I should point out a solution. That's what you want to do. Fine. Build a wall, stack those blocks on each other up through the water. So the water has to go through the media. Don't, it can't bypass. Now you're going to have to clean it. You should pre-filter it if you, if you know, so it doesn't become clogged. So you should have some type of a gross size, you know, filter pad or something to clean out the detritus before the water goes through the blocks, but force basically make the water go through this material and realize it's probably going to become quite clogged. I'm, I, you know, I, it's okay but don't believe, don't buy a media just because somebody, some manufacturer said it has, you know, tens of millions of internal surface area, because most of that area is not going to be used. Plus, just because you have the surface area doesn't mean it's going to all get filled up with the bacteria. The bacteria grow to the amount of ammonia being produced in the system. 
good old bio balls. They, they work fine. Any type of that plastic open media that is easier to clean. Uh, clean so you, you know you can take it out and rinse it in water once in a while to clean out the organics it is a much better way to do things in my opinion bio balls drive me crazy <laughs> the, the bio balls drive you crazy yes why is okay. that when i first started i used to take care of a lot of tanks and they just had them so they just had like a whole bunch of them in the sump and you would find them everywhere and they would never stay contained. <laughs> Drive me crazy. Okay. So you're hurting bio balls. Yeah. And, hurting bio balls. Yeah. Well, I, you know, you can't put them in a, op- a big open pores uh, bag or something like that. But the main thing is in, in most systems, if the water isn't made to go through the media, it's probably not going to go through the media. It, it, it's just physics. It's going to take that path of least resistance. So understand that and, and use that in terms of keeping things clean and uh, keeping your media available to the water. Now, also in the beginning, we want to grow nitrifying bacteria. So when you first set up your tank, don't put in your GFO because nitrifiers need phosphate. Don't set up the denitrifying system if that's what you're going to do. Don't be dosing organic you know, carbon, so no fuels or stuff like that where you're trying to grow the heterotrophs because they grow so much faster. A nitrifier takes about a day to double. A heterotrophic bacteria takes about 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so go ahead, Ellie. Oh, that's really fast. Yes. And, and that's why people say, you know, I set up my tank and the water went cloudy. What are the nitrifiers, nitrifiers doing? Nitrifiers cannot turn your water cloudy. It's just not possible. Uh, you would wait for eons for that water to go cloudy for nitrifiers. It's the heterotrophs. And the heterotrophs can grow super fast. Uh, so... Don't promote heterotrophs by not, so, you know, you want any available nutrients like the phosphate. I said the nitrifiers need it. We don't want to be smothering them, starving them for, for micronutrients like all bacteria need. So forget for now about setting up these other bacteria, bacteria systems, like I said, and, and um, trying to limit nutrient weight. Don't set up uh, bio pellets. You know, we sell bio pellets, set those up a month down the road, not immediately. You need yep. to promote nitrification and nitrifying bacteria. Uh, we, we touched on it a little bit about the ammonia. It's really frustrating if you're going to cycle without test kits. Keep the ammonia and the nitrite below five milligrams per liter nitrogen. So use the test kits, be patient, and you can get cycled in nine to 10 days. If you follow these simple directions, you just got to, uh, you know, control yourself a little bit. <laughs> Oops. That was the tough part. I, I threw in there. Uh, can't do that. I want fish and I want it now. Um, so let's review here. Uh, higher pH, higher temperature. media in the system, test kits to tell you where you're going. If you've got a saltwater tank, lower the salinity. If you're trying to do some fancy shrimp, you know, discus, low uh, 
pH, low uh, alkalinity hardness tank, use cycle with harder water first and then change the water. The nitrifiers can handle it, but they're just not going to grow fast if they start out in those low systems first. Okay. And then be patient. That's the main thing is be patient. I like that. Yeah. Anything I didn't cover there, Haley? I think you got it all. Um, as always, we, we like questions. We'll have another question and answer here. Um, if you're listening to this and you have questions, go ahead and send us an email and get them in because I've already got a decent sized list for our next Q&A. So if you want to make sure yours are answered in this month, definitely send them in now. Yep. And there is a version of this talk on the web, the one I did at MACNA. Um, okay. So, um, and so if you're interested, that is up there on our, should be on our YouTube page. And you can always send us a message if you're having trouble finding the links. We're happy to send you direct links. Just message us. We will send those out. Yep. So the main thing is if you're frustrated, step back. Water changes never hurt. That's a good place to go is change your water. Uh, and uh, don't panic. The nitrifying bacteria are actually really hardy because they're in a substrate. In our, or in a in an EPS kind of in a force field, and our nitrifiers are grown on a substrate, so uh, it takes a lot really to kill nitrifiers. Um, so just don't panic. You don't have to start over. A big water change if your nitrite super high. If you if you you know the test kit is just purple, okay, just do a big water change. When you're doing that water change, don't disturb the substrate because the nitrifiers are in the substrate. They're not in the water. So take water from the you know, top of the water column uh, and change it that way, but, but don't disturb the substrate. The nitrifiers aren't dead. Unless you've radiated the tank, uh, <laughs> nitrifiers are tough. Uh, so uh, you know, they're, they're there. They're just not growing because they're not in the conditions they need. And remember, we're turning this fish tank into a bacteria tank for the first three weeks and then once we get it going then it'll be a fish tank you won't have to worry yep. all right like i think that's going to do it for this version of the dr tim's aquatics podcast dr tim and hillary and as always we do like getting questions and uh, answering your questions about cycling and fish tanks and things like that thank you all right See you, everybody.